since I was a little girl, having these dreams come to fruition and being able to share it with my family and be close with my family and to just share this talent with the world. This was someone who wanted to touch you and who would allow you to touch them, not only through their music, not only through their talent, but through just being a person. She most definitely was a flower that was blooming. And if still here, she was going to be like the biggest beanstalk there was. Like she was going to be that large. She has a lot of uh, life, energy, you know, positive. And, uh, and uh, it's just, you know, it's good to be around people like that. She really made you feel, I think through her music, she really made you feel like you really, really was close to her. She had those type of songs that made you feel like when you listen to them, you know the person that's singing the song. You know how sometimes you just get that feeling like, wow, this this is it. This person has that that's going to just take them everywhere they want to go. Hi, everybody. Really quick, I'm going to show you a move that I do. It's a signature move of mine. I do it in a lot of my videos. It's... I call it the belly roll. Um, so you want to start by moving your hips side to side and then moving it around and around and around and that's it. So if you're over 80, don't, don't try that. I always liked the way she moved. She was always so smooth and so fluid. And I, and I was like, you know what, one day we're going to rock together. You want to dance? Yeah, I'm dance. You want to dance? I want to dance. officials are still investigating the crash of the twin-engine Cessna 402, which was carrying Alia and her eight associates when it hit the ground and caught fire just after taking off from Abaco Island in the Bahamas. I was sleeping, and my, my boyfriend tapped me and said, Mary, um, somebody, I'm shy, is on the phone telling us that Aaliyah just got killed. I jumped up, I was like, no way. Um, and, she, you know, was all over the radio. When we put the radio on, it was doing a tribute to her. I just got, it felt like I was on a tour. The victims include Alia's hairstylist and seven other friends, colleagues, and crew members. Alia's death was a loss for all of us. Even though she's not here, her spirit will live on in me and all of us. Just hope, like, just her legacy lives on, man, and everybody know that she she was a sweetheart. She wasn't an industry person. She, as she just met you, it was like she knew you all her life. It's hard to say what I want my legacy to be, you know, what I want people to say when I'm, when I'm gone. At this point, Right now, I'm going to say that I want people to see me as an entertainer, someone who can do it all. She was very humble, and I think that's what really gets people the most, is because she was such a, a grounded, kind person, regardless of the fact that she was doing so well. She's always going to be a beautiful girl. Even though she was a movie star and a great performer, you want to remember her as a beautiful human being, and that's the way I, I remember her. So young, so beautiful, so talented, and uh, this world wasn't enough for her, I suppose. You know, she just had to move on. Honestly, if, if, if there is such thing as perfection on this earth, she was as close as you can get. If, short as it may be, left an imprint on all of us. Dignity, hard work, uh, how to get through things that a lot of other people fall down about, she got through. So down. You 
can't even say something negative about her because she was already an angel when she was first born. Aaliyah Dana Hawk was born in Brooklyn, New York on January 16, 1979. And from day one, her parents, Diane and Michael, were determined to make their daughter feel special. My mom and dad were very interested in names with meaning, and we came across um, an Arabic name, uh, Aliyah, and the names of the highest, most exalted one, the best. And I think it, it really it describes her because she was it's just an amazing girl. I remember just her little face was so pretty and angelic all the time. She was just a gorgeous, gorgeous child, and, and they were just so excited. Aaliyah would hear my mom sing, and um, she would emulate her, you know, and, and, and they would sing songs together. Like, they would, especially around Christmas time, they would, they would sing a lot of Christmas carols together, and um, it would just be beautiful. They'd do harmonies and everything together. In 1984, the Houghtons moved to Detroit. There they enrolled Aaliyah in Jesu, a private Catholic school known for its prestigious drama program. Aaliyah quickly won roles in school productions of Annie in 42nd Street and found a home in the spotlight. She was on the stage. It was, it was amazing who she became. She just lit up and you couldn't take your eyes off of her. We were doing 42nd Street and she picked up the coin and her eyes were shining and she said, it's a dime. I think that was the moment when she connected and she thought, this is it. This is what I love doing. And she was just in the third grade at that point. It was my first experience with singing and dancing and acting all at one time. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew from then that it was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. She just shined. She would just shine when she auditioned. She was very focused, even as a small child. And probably from her family learned to be a responsible person from a very young age and uh, to always try to do her best. I have this vivid memory of Aaliyah sitting so still and just staring up at me and soaking in everything that I would say. And that was really something very unique about her. The very first time you met her, you knew if she was something special. My mother and I never missed Star Search. We watched it every week, and I always wanted to be on it. So we heard there was an open audition, and I went, and they liked me. And they gave me a private audition, and uh, they wanted me to do the show. Michigan, welcome, ten-year-old Aaliyah Hutton. You make me smile with your heart. She was amazing, like she hit every note perfectly. Now, Aaliyah, you're a great singer. What else do you do? Well, of course, I love to sing, and I love to dance and act, and I love swimming. All right, let's find out what the judges have to say. Decision is coming. Katrina Abrams receives four stars. A perfect score. Her challenger, Leah Hutton, receives three and a quarter stars. Okay. You know, and that was pretty. It was, it was a big blow. You know, that was that was tough for her, for her to lose. But what was amazing was she dried her tears, and she went back out. She sat in the audience and she watched the rest of the show. And that, to me, 
somebody to live. That, you know what, I'm not going to give up. And I'm not going to be weak. I learned about rejection and the fact that, you know, you don't win all the time. So you just get up, you dust yourself up, and you try again. Wouldn't trade it for the world. I was getting ready to go into the Hilton at the time. And we talked about it. And I thought Aaliyah would be great if we just did a guest spot with her. I loved her attitude about it. You know, even though she was only 11 years old, she was very coachable. You know, it's like, okay, Leah, let's, let's do it this way. Or when I do this, you do that quick study she was. Um, it was really amazing, her grasp of it. And I think it was her love of it that made her so good at it. It took a lot for me not to just go around saying, you know, that's my team. In 1993, Barry Hankerson started a record company, Blackground Entertainment. His first artist was Aaliyah. At 12 is when I got my deal. My uncle got a, a joint venture with Jive, with his label. And I auditioned for Jive, and he signed me, and that's why I came out from Kenya. Aaliyah was the, the vanguard of the label, so it was really a family, a family unit that really um, just blossomed through um, all our hard work together. Dad and I may be, you know, young, but I'm not going to say exactly how old because I don't care if it's true. You know, <laughs> I don't think it really should really matter that much because I want people to really just accept me, accept me for my music. She didn't want to be the cute little girl trying to say. I didn't want people to, to concentrate on me being 15. I know she's young, bubblegum act. I wanted them to accept me for Aaliyah. The sunglasses, the bandana, the pants low. She was already creating, already developing a mystique from day one. And I went to the mall to shop in Michigan. And a few kids, like, flipped out. And they were like, oh, my God, you're Aaliyah. I can't believe it. I love you. I'm looking to give you an autograph. And it was the first, it might have even been the first time I was asked for, to give, to give an autograph. So, uh, of course, that was, that was a great moment. That was the first time I really felt like, wow, I'm a star. To me, she was like a, a teen dream turned diva. When she was a teen doing it, all the teens wanted it. Everybody in that age range. I think people responded to her because there's a lot of younger artists out now that people kind of think, oh, they're just teenagers and you don't really pay attention to them. No one ever thought that about her. It was like, wow, she's 15. What a great talent. What a great uh, musician and singer she is. And where she was mentally was far beyond that. You can hear that in her music and the way she translates the songs. I heard people describe her as having like a Lolita quality where like she had sexual energy and she was sexy, but she wasn't overtly so. She didn't like go out of her way to, to project that. It just kind of naturally came out. Her look was was right for the times. It was um, kind of hip-hop inspired, but still very feminine and soft at the same time. I think we, we definitely set a standard. Um, you know, I, I think that we showed young, young kids that you can do anything no matter what your age is. I've been taking lessons since I was nine, vocal lessons since I was nine, so I think they had a lot to do with it, and being that I've been performing since I was six, so I do sound older than my years. The style that that she wanted to to create was one that really no one had, had ever really heard before, and, and, and that was to sing over uh, music and beats that were urban, that was somewhat hip-hop, but to have this really a beautiful, like, almost classically trained voice over it. Aaliyah moved on to a new innovative hip-hop artist, Missy Elliott. Missy and her partner, Timbaland, came up with a fresh sound for Aaliyah. And 
an aptly titled tune called One in a Million.
Aaliyah was a rising star on the music scene, but she was determined to remain down to earth. For nearly two years, she dropped out of sight, concentrating on finishing high school. One thing I liked about her is, as I saw that her career was growing, she always remains just sort of like one of the other kids. Very nice young lady, very close. Aaliyah was her own person, but she shared all that she was with others. She was the same sweet person. Never, ever, 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 ever changed. A nice, you know, just down type of person that was a superstar when she wanted to be a superstar and just, a, you know, a great kid when she wanted to be at the same time. It uh, really amazed me how well she was able to handle uh, the uh, number of interviews and the number of appearances and the travel schedule and then return to school and just walk around and, and act like she was a, you know, nothing had ever happened. New students who were coming into the school were excited because, you know, this was their first opportunity really to uh, talk to someone who had, you know, so, you know, quote unquote, become a star in the music industry. She emphasized how much hard work it took uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, the fact that uh, she had a number one song didn't guarantee her success tomorrow. She wouldn't have to do this for me to be proud of her, but this just adds to it. You know, I'm proud of everything she does. She's a beautiful, lovely young woman. When most people graduate from high school, they're 17 or 18 years old. They don't even know what they want to major in in college, if they're going to go to college, what they want to do for a living. And here's Aaliyah, you know, graduating from high school, two platinum records under her belt. I like to perform. Um, I think that's important, along with just singing a song, being able to move in and give an audience, you know, a show. So I really do like to dance and sing the whole, the whole gamut. Aliyah's life had settled into a non-stop stream of public appearances, video shoots, and concerts. But she still found time to be a teenager. Aliyah liked to have fun. I mean, like, when we were on the road together, we would always find whatever city we were in, she would find a, a, uh, an arcade. And we would go and play games and run around and act silly. 
By 1999, Aliyah was ready for a new challenge. Renowned movie producer Joel Silver was prepping for a hip-hop-flavored action film called Romeo Must Die. She came alive when put in certain situations. She was a big fan of these type of movies, and she wanted to do a big action picture like this. And so uh, she came down to see us, and, and besides being absolutely gorgeous and funny and sweet and just an incredible girl, she, you know, had said, look, I'm a dancer. I can do all this stuff. Let's let's try to do this together. I did my screen test with Jet. That was the first time that we met. And we talked a bit and got to know each other, and the chemistry was just kind of there right from the beginning. So when I went to Vancouver and we went to book reproduction and rehearsals, we got to know each other even better, and I think that helped when it came time, you know, to actually start to shoot. It's an African-American family, a Chinese-American family, and the underworld, and within each family there's some, some conspirators and things like that. It's kind of like Romeo and Juliet. The, the approach that we took was the right one to take. I mean, to me, you do see a nice relationship. I feel that there's a, a beautiful relationship that you see progress throughout the film, but, I mean, we're in the midst of a lot of drama so we don't get the chance to really be that romantic so and that's just what the story was uh, since the beginning so I think that um, it's sweet and it leaves a lot to the imagination at the end so um, you feel similarities with Romeo and Juliet but it's its own thing her performance from Emma's died when I watch it it looks like somebody that's been acting her whole life you must be a very dangerous man are you scared? <laughs> don't take this personal but been around a lot more dangerous guys than you. Just, just in watching her work come through, it had a, a naturalness and an ease to it. You know, it wasn't forced or contrived. And for someone's first film out, I think it's uh, pretty remarkable. I wanted this role because I felt we were similar in a lot of ways. She's a tough girl. She's independent, um, but she loves her family. She's a no-nonsense girl. Innocence is a, is, a, is a vastly overused word, but there was just an openness to her, and I really got the impression that she really wanted to do a good job on the film. She was taking it very seriously in, in all the right ways. Hey, what's up, Trish? What's up, Sarah? Hi. I had a scene one day where she had a talk about, uh, to Jed about her brother dying, and she had to really break down and cry, and you know, a lot of times on these movies, what they do is they'll, they have a little uh, menthol that they'll blow in the actor's eyes that makes the actor's eyes tear up a little bit, and then they kind of put kind of glycerin on their, on their cheeks so that it looks like they're crying, but she didn't want to do that. She wanted to, to do it. She reached down somewhere, and she, uh, she, she was incredible. She, she found this place to, to be this incredible just incredible actress and person. I wanted the first character that I played to be somewhat similar to me so people would be able to accept me in this role. And I wanted to play a character that I could bring to life and it be believable. And um, I felt that she was the right one. And I liked the story. Excuse me. I thought it was very different. And I, I saw Jet and Lethal before and I just fell in love with him. So I was looking forward to working with him. Well, I took martial arts when I was younger. My brother and I did when I was about seven or eight. It was a very long time ago. And um, doing the fight scene with Jet kind of brought a bit of that back, and it was really a lot of fun. So um, I guess you could say after the movies when I really thought about getting into it again. It's been a long time, long time. I shouldn't have left you, left you without a dope. I really had a lot of fun. The cast was just great, and they made me feel so comfortable. We've been around each other for almost four months, so 
I mean, I was living in Canada for four months. It actually going home felt a little weird. So uh, I, there wasn't at any point where I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm going to get away. It was really good. It's been a long time, time. We shouldn't have left you. Um, we talked about it from the beginning. We knew we wanted to do this major soundtrack and make it a really big project. So uh, it started out I was going to do two, and then just kind of built his way up to four. So I guess in the end, it does kind of seem like a million years. <laughs> directed it and uh, I wanted to do the whole end of the dragon scene where we have a lot of mirrors and that's where Jet is fighting and it's just so dope and he also we also got to do stunts like we did in the movie using the wire so it was great. Aliyah's hit single Try Again from the Romeo Must Die soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy Award and the accompanying music video picked up two MTV Video Music Awards in September 2000. takes people on no you're going I said anything else about it I was like every one day the award goes to try again so he announced winner Aliyah she grabbed my hand and we walked on stage together and I was mortified wow <laughs> yo this is a shock this is a big shock she thanked everyone she looked at me and she said my brother said I love you you're my everything my everything. Okay, what if he wins? So I never really prepare myself for that. So when they called my name, I was like, oh wow, I'm actually gonna win this one. So getting up there on the podium and speaking, it was a, sh it was a shock. I was extremely nervous. Here we go. Can y'all really feel, baby girl? I didn't really think I was the queen of soundtracks. I didn't even realize that I've done a lot until just recently when someone named them off to me. Um. I've done Journey to the Past. That was um, a really great soundtrack for me because I got a chance to see the movie before I did it, and I like animated features, so um, I was excited about that one. And also because that song went to the Oscars, that um, definitely meant a lot. Um, Dr. Doolittle was very important because it was a, a highlight in my career. It was uh, one of the biggest songs of 98 for me, and um, 
it was just a great video, great song. Queen of the Damned. 
matrix, they all kind of represent that for me. It's very edgy, it's unique, and it's a little bit dark. And I like that in my music as well. So I felt in taking a step into another genre that I wanted to, to do something that people could understand and flow with me. And they know me that way in music, so I felt this was the best way to do it in film as well. Aaliyah always has, you know, comes different, you know, and I was like, well, I had to come different too, you know, because, you know, that's the type of artist she was, and just came up with some like, classical hip-hop, Jomo, Jomo heard it, just like, oh my God, I mean, just the track before Static even got to it. We Need a Resolution is the first single off of my new album, um, produced by Timbaland, written by Static from Playa. And on this album, I wanted to speak about relationships and all kinds of relationships, good ones, bad ones, or what have you. And that song speaks about relationships that's kind of in the middle, you know what I mean? It's not either or, really. It's just at a point where they're not communicating. They have problems, and they want to resolve them. And what's actually cool about it is not all the time do you actually come to a resolution, you know what I mean? And at the end of the song, they don't really, they really don't resolve anything. So, and that happens in life. So that's really what that song is about. in my head and how I want it to sound. I mix everything, make it sound. Totally what you when you come in the studio and you say, I didn't sound like this the day before. That's the chemistry of working together with people. Well, it seems to be the first time that y'all get to hear a lot of her at once. Rather than just one song her, she got a lot of um she got a lot of versatile.
image uh, for this album just evolved. It was just growth, natural growth that came with, you know, becoming a woman after turning 21 and falling in love and, you know, it was all of that. Aaliyah was quite simply the best R&B album released in 2001. It really showed Aaliyah was not just an artist with a lot of promise, but an artist that was delivering on those promises right now, right with Aaliyah, right with that album. And it was great to hear. She had a future that was just awesome in every direction. And she had a nice attitude about it, too. Never, ever acted like a diva. Never. And I know some divas. When Aaliyah landed in the Bahamas in August of 2001 to shoot the video for her song, Rock the Boat, she was on a definite roll. Her album had hit number two on the charts. She had just signed a deal to star in the sequels to The Matrix. They've started filming already, but I'll go in the end of May for a few weeks to start, and then I'll go to Australia later on, maybe early next year, I think. Right now, I want to work the album. I want to do my work with The Matrix. I want to, you know, tour. So there's a lot that I want to do work-wise. I'm a bit of a workaholic, so when I get too tired and I'm, I'm down and I'm out, I'll say, look, I need a vacation.
video wrapped. She said, you know, I, I'm tired. I'm ready to go. Like, got enough stuff. You shot all day. And by this time, she's like, okay, I'm over it. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. Alia changed clothes. And then, like, where's the boat? Where's the boat? There was a speedboat that was supposed to be coming to pick them up. So the boat came. Much of Aaliyah's team would accompany her on the journey home. Friend Keith Wallace, bodyguard Scott Gallen, record executives Gina Smith and Douglas Kratz, hairstylist Eric Foreman and Anthony Dodd, and makeup artist Christopher Maldonado. Everyone loaded up in a boat, and we hugged each other and gave each other a kiss and told each other we loved each other. And she got in a boat. I'm gonna take a picture, let me take a picture. I took a picture of all of them waving and her holding up the peace sign. First at 11, what went wrong? Nine people killed after a plane crashes and burst into flames just... Government officials are still investigating the crash of the twin-engine Cessna 402, which was carrying Alia and her eight associates, when it hit the ground and caught fire just after taking off from Abaco Island in the Bahamas. And this time you're like, oh my God, I can't just know. This cannot be happening. Cannot be happening. That's all I could think is this just cannot, this cannot be happening. Wasn't I just waving at these people and hugging them and kissing them? And telling them I love them? It was just the hardest thing I had to do ever in life. And then Diane was just kind of shitting me. Didn't want to hear what I was saying. I couldn't believe that I was saying it. I got a call on the phone, and uh, my mom was hysterical. And I was like, you know, what's, what's going on? What's going on? And uh, she could barely speak, and uh, told me, you know. And my first reaction was pretty much to just scream, you know, because I just didn't. I, I, I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't put my put, 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 put my psyche around anything like that happening. It just didn't make any sense. My mother called, and um, you know, she said she had a if a teammate called and said that there was a plane crash and Lee was in it. And I'm sorry, I know it was true. The National Transportation Safety Board says investigators have found no sign of mechanical failure. But they have confirmed that the plane was substantially overweight when it took off. And the NTSB is investigating the possibility that Luis Morales fraudulently obtained his pilot certification. Investigators have uncovered inconsistencies in Morales' flight training logbook. In a letter to the FAA, an attorney for the now-defunct Blackhawk Airways asserts that Morales may have duped the charter company by altering his logbook to reflect hundreds of hours that were never literally flown. It's still said to be an accident. If it proved not to be, then the wrath of God will deal with it if it isn't. 
but she was a princess. I think to a lot of people, she was a princess. She loved horses, so we, we wanted her to, to have a horse-drawn carriage. We had doves. We wanted to send her off like that. When we stepped out of the church and I saw all those kids, signs and screaming, and the sun was shining, and for that small moment, I didn't feel the negativity of the word death. I felt the positiveness of the word life, because that's what we would feel, life. It's been very hard, very difficult, but I have to understand that she's in a better place, and I know she don't want me to, to worry that she's okay. So you got to get this. is that you can achieve your dreams no matter what. No matter how many times you fall down, you can get back up and you can keep going and you can achieve your dreams and still maintain being a beautiful person. It's just kind of hard now because, you know, everywhere I go, I see pictures of her. I can't really to the radio, you know, I can't hear her, I can't talk, so. Tell me why you why those tears She was such a good person, so smart, so well-developed, you know, so secure in her own skin. You know, that I know that if she did so well in life, she would do so well in the afterlife, trying to help everyone, she's trying to comfort everyone that's in pain, so she still has a lot of work to do. I know that she's not here in body, but I believe that she's here in spirit. She was an angel. She truly was an angel.
Still mine. 